What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonners. This is episode 44, and uh, today it's it's a bit of a bumper episode. We're going to be talking our usual NXT and NXT UK, all the happenings from uh, last night's shows. And, of course, there was that big main event between Walter and Pete Dunne, uh, being billed as uh, Walter Dunne 2. And I'm sure those of you that saw that will be uh, very impressed. More of the same what we saw at TakeOver New York. Um, And we're also going to be covering uh, AEW's Double or Nothing and we've got a guest host with us today, and uh, we've got uh, Dan. Uh, Dan's one of our uh, Facebook uh, friends, uh, part of the uh, Facebook community group. Um, so uh, welcome aboard, Dan, and uh, thanks for helping us with the podcast today. Yeah, good afternoon, John. It's lovely to be on it. So yeah, it's a real pleasure to get involved, and uh, thanks for having me on, having me on the show. No, you're very, very welcome. So uh, we're going to talk more to Dan in a second, just to, to throw out a few plugs like we usually do at the beginning of every single episode. Of course, you can reach out to us on Twitter. Um, our Twitter handle is at withjohners underscore pod. We're on Instagram as well. So go and find us there, instagram.com forward slash wrestling with Johnners. And of course, I've already mentioned the Facebook group, the uh, Wrestling with Johnners Facebook group. So go out and find that on Facebook. Of course, um, you can find us on all popular podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. So wherever you get your podcasts, we are out there. So, Dan, back to you. Uh, this is your first time on the podcast. Um, have you done anything like this before, by the way? No, no, this is a first stab for me, John. Yeah, first stab into the world of podcasts. It's something I've been quite keen to get involved in, especially from a, from a wrestling angle. So, yeah, great to give me a first kind of a shoot. Excellent, excellent. So for the listeners to find out a little bit more about you, Dan, uh, I want to find out about uh, when you first came across wrestling, whether it's WWE or WCW, and kind of what really hooked you in, what fascinated you at that young age, and uh, what were the kind of wrestlers that really drew you in at that time? So tell us a bit about your wrestling fandom from an early age. Yeah, so um, I think I first really got into wrestling probably kind of early 90s. Um, it would be around the kind of, a, b- a bit like most of the guys who come on, I, I suspect, around British wrestling was the SummerSlam 92. Yeah. Um, absolutely hooked on the Bulldog Bret Hart match at Wembley. Um, and then I was always really kind of drawn towards the wilder kind of characters of your kind of Papashangos and your Berserkers. Um, watching the Legion of Doom come down on the motorbikes was, uh, was quite a spectacle. Um, and then I probably lapsed a little bit, probably lapsed a little bit through the 90s and then kind of really got back into the Attitude Era, the Monday Night Wars. Um, I was always a massive fan of the uh, like the Austins and the Takers. Um, and then we had the kind of Bret Hart going over to WCW. Yeah. Um, and again, I probably had a bit of a lapse again after the Attitude Era. And then kind of really got back into it the last couple of years. Um, some of my friends have kind of introduced me to more of a British indie wrestling scene. Yeah. Um, and I've really got my teeth into some of the um, some of the promotions like the Progress and IPW, and most recently I've been going to watch Breed in Sheffield, who are kind of my new local promotion. Okay. Um, and then again with the uh, onset of the network and the availability of NXT, I've really found myself back at the forefront and uh, really back into watching wrestling for a good a good few hours a week. Yeah, fantastic. And so you got in around the uh, the early nineties. And that's obviously when I got involved as well. Was you at SummerSlam 92 by any chance, Dan? Was you, was you there at the time? Or did you watch it on I DVD? No, I was, uh, I was much more of a VHS viewer and catching right. it all back up. But yeah, um, that's when I really got into things around. It was kind of just after you'd had kind of, I guess, the WrestleMania. Um, the WrestleManias were the, uh, the big matches with the Hogan and the Warriors. And then we were just kind of transitioning to Brett being the, being the man to carry the company. 
That's right. That's right. And uh, what, what uh, wrestlers do you like watching nowadays? Uh, any wrestlers that stand out to you either on the indie scene? You say you're quite a big follower of the uh, UK indie scene or or uh, over in the States. So what wrestlers uh, do you enjoy watching at the moment then, Dan? Yeah, some, I mean, some of the best I've seen recently is uh, I was lucky enough to be at the Rev Pro uh, show just before Christmas at Bethnal Green. Um, and that was the uh, Pack and Osprey match, which was a, an absolute belter. Yeah. Um, and I think one of my favourites at the moment is uh, ELP or El Fantasmo. Um, yes. I'm completely transfixed the way he kind of um, runs the ropes and his, his balance is absolutely incredible. Um, a, a bit closer to home, there's um, a couple of wrestlers from Breed I really like in Sheffield to keep an eye on. Um, is the master of opera mania, Matt Brooks, who comes out singing all kinds of opera and harping his way around the ring. Um, look out for him. I've, then, I've not, um, uh, not heard of him, but it uh, sounds fascinating. Yeah. If, if you get a chance, John, is he, he is he is quite a spectacle. He comes out kind of in the the yellow and black of like maybe a Hogan slash a Mega Maniacs kind of era, um, and he does. He sings all the way to the ring, and he he doesn't half belt out a few Pavarotti numbers as he's leaping around the ring. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, and uh, yeah, so what we'll do uh, now then, Dan, is we'll go straight into this week's NXT and NXT programs. We'll have a quick recap of these shows. So I hope you've got your notes from uh, from the last evening, but we'll start with NXT. And uh, first of all, we get a recap from last week's story between uh, the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits, uh, with the interference, of course, from the Forgotten Sons and Birch and Lorkin, with the Raiders uh, laying waste to all three teams before laying the belts down in the ring, seemingly calling an end to their NXT career. Uh, we then get an announcement from NXT General Manager William Regal. In uh, two weeks' time, NXT TakeOver 25 will get a ladder match which will involve four teams, the Forgotten Sons, the Street Profits, Lorkin and Birch, and the Undisputed Area with uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish for the now vacant NXT Tag Team Championship. So a bit of a bombshell to start this week's episode, Dan. Uh, but a fantastic match to look forward to with those four teams at NXT TakeOver in two weeks' time. Absolutely, that is a that is a completely like my, my my lips are tingling at the prospect of watching that. Yeah, um, I think what we've seen so far from Montez Ford and his like natural athleticism and ability, he, he'll be coming up with a real kind of take home NXT moment. Um, and you've got some great clash of styles there: the Street Profits high flying, and you've got the Forgotten Sons, where no doubt Jackson Riker is going to be uh, rolling up his sleeves and getting involved as well. Um, and then like that kind of Brit US strong style with Lorcan and Birch um, and then the Undisputed Era obviously kind of bouncing back at the moment after they've uh, patched the differences up and um, it'll be good to see Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly uh, getting back in the mix. There we go. We're speaking to the Undisputed Era. All four members of uh, Undisputed Era come out to the ring next, uh, all, all four of them. So you've got strong Cole, O'Reilly and Fish all appearing to be on the same page in this segment here. So Cole says that they will not stop until they run this place and that the Undisputed Era will be draped in championship gold, referring to Fish and O'Reilly winning uh, their tag team championships back at TakeOver and himself defeating Johnny Gargano uh, for the NXT title in two weeks' time. Then Johnny Gargano comes out to the stage. Gargano tells Cole that the only reason he is out here celebrating with his boys is because deep down, Cole knows that he cannot beat Gargano on his own. Johnny Gargano then gives us uh, all a maths lesson uh, before Matt Riddle storms to the ring to go at it with the members of the Undisputed Era before being joined by Gargano to clean house uh, while the officials keep the two groups apart. So a pretty good opening segment here with the Undisputed Era 
Gargano and uh, Matt Riddle getting involved. It seems like the Undisputed Era are back on the same page for the meantime, Dan. Uh, but what did you think of this opening segment? It, it started this week's NXT off with a bit of a bang. Yeah, it really, that was, uh, it was quite unexpected, that kind of start. I didn't think we'd be seeing the uh, Undisputed Era all, all out this week on Force. Um, and then I think you alluded to there the point with the uh, when Gargano came out with the you're not shocking the math system, Adam. There's a, there's a brilliant, brilliant little bit of comedy thrown in there this week. And um, I think we've probably all been waiting to see Matt Riddle really be kind of kept unhinged and um, and see what he's like when he's back to the wall. And he's really got that great, um, obviously, aggressive aura about him. And, and now we're seeing him in a, in a more of a darker kind of character. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing this kind of morphous of, um, of Matt Riddle. Yeah, and it's nice to see Matt Riddle involved with uh, more of the main event scene, with some more of the main event players. Uh, so uh, that was a good opening segment to this week's NXT. Moving on to the first match of the night, though, we've got uh, Sean Maluda versus Mansur. So you may remember that we saw Sean Maluda a couple of years back. I think it was 2016 with the Cruiserweight Classic tournament that took place at Full Sail. And he uh, caught, you know, caught a few people's eyes in that tournament, uh, but we haven't seen much of him in the WWE since then. Uh, however, he was no match, unfortunately, for Mansur, who appeared to be getting quite a bit of a uh, bit of a push and a bit of uh, match time over recent weeks, uh, possibly in a bid to elevate a Saudi-born wrestler ahead of Superstar Showdown. Maybe that's just a bit of scepticism from myself. But nevertheless, um, he does appear to be uh, getting a, a win or two under his belt and doing quite well here. Um, Mansour wins, of course, uh, after a slingshot netbreaker and a uh, spinning inverted suplex for the pinfall victory over Sean Maluda. Afterwards, there's a heated exchange with the Undisputed Era in William Regal's office, um, where William Regal announces uh, the match for NXT TakeOver featuring Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong. Um, so uh, Roderick Strong was the only member of the Undisputed Era up until now that wasn't involved in a match at TakeOver. And now he has his chance against Matt Riddle. Uh, that that makes, uh, like I say, four matches so far for TakeOver, um, including Io Shirai and Shayna Baszler. So up until now, it uh, looks like TakeOver 25, which takes place in two weeks' time. Dan seems to be shaping up to be quite a solid card. Yeah, really solid, uh, really solid, John. As I was having a bit of fun this morning, kind of pitching my NXT 25 card against my double nothing card for this weekend, and it's uh, oh, there's very little to choose between them. Um, I think they're both really stacked, and, and now we've got the ladder match, we've got the championship match, and we're going to get to Velveteen Dream shortly. Um, I think we're in for a really couple of great weekends and uh, a couple of late nights, I suspect. Definitely, definitely. You can't go too far wrong with any of the takeovers, to be honest with you. And uh, I can't believe they're up to their, their 25th takeover already, but uh, it's sure to be a cracking show. And of course, we'll talk more about Double or Nothing a bit later on. Uh, Regal also uh, announces that tonight there's going to be a tag team main event uh, with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, uh, the Undisputed Era, going up against Matt Riddle and Johnny Gargano. And that should be epic. Um, so uh, then we get North American champion, the Velveteen Dream, makes a special appearance here for the full-sailed crowd and uh, Dream tells us uh, how he's just uh, too big to hold I'm not quite sure what he was alluding to there Dan uh, but some innuendo I'm sure uh, before an NXT original Prince Pretty Tyler Breeze makes his return to Full Sail to a huge response from the fans uh, there's loud welcome home chants uh, for Prince Pretty and uh, you could clearly see that Tyler Breeze was was really really chuffed to bits with this rece reception that he received from the fans uh, Breeze said that uh, since fashion has left NXT uh, there's been uh, plenty of knockoffs and impersonators, but there's only one Prince Pretty. And uh, Dream made fun of Breeze's uh, gimmick on the main roster with Fandango and uh, tells Breeze to run along where he belongs. 
this is quite a fun back and forth exchange between these two. Breeze then agrees to a selfie with the Velveteen Dream. Tyler Breeze then drops the Velveteen Dream with a shot to the head. And this appears to be setting up a match between these two for the North American Championship at TakeOver 25. So you alluded to it a few moments ago. It looks like this is going to be the, the fifth match on the card for the North American Championship. And the Velveteen Dream will be putting his belt up for grabs against uh, one of the original uh, NXT superstars, Tyler Breeze. So uh, what did you think of this segment? Yeah, this was really fun, John. As the, a couple of the lines the guys came out, out with. I think from the kickoff when um, uh, Nigel McGuinness called the Velveteen Dream the Purple Prince of Pugilism, that really set things up nicely. And and kudos to the guys in the wardrobe department who managed to clothe the Velveteen Dream. Um, <laughs> that get-up gear, something in between like Adam and the Ant in a, some kind of Roger Moore naval gear from a 007 film. It was <laughs> it was pretty pretty something. Yeah. Um, and some of the one-liners like calling Tyler Breeze the Dollar Store Detective and how often he's been sat in catering on Monday, Tuesday nights was it was a really good setup. It had a nice kind of fun kind of comedic edge to it, but um, I think with Breeze kind of his hair a little bit, he does look a little bit more serious now with a uh, with a new shortened quaff. Um, and I'm looking forward to these two squaring off. Definitely, definitely. And, and it's a shame because we haven't really seen the best of Tyler Breeze in a few years. And he's been upon the main roster and, you know, he didn't really make a, a great shout of things as a singles competitor when he first went up. And then got paired up with Fandango and uh, there was huge support for Fandango and Tyler Breeze to the fashion police as a tag team because, you know, they had their little skits. They had their backstage comedy um, segments, which were popular with the fans, but didn't really lead to anything, to be honest with you. And I know that uh, they did have um, a championship match on a pay-per-view, which was more of a comedy match, but the fans were firmly behind them. But uh, it seemed like the back office weren't, unfortunately. Uh, injuries got in the way with both Tyler Breeze and Fandango being out of action for a little while. Uh, so uh, I think there was uh, probably the, the best move was to move Tyler Breeze back to NXT, which is where he uh, made his name. Um, and it looks like he, he's back there to make a name for himself again. So a good fit, I would say. But uh, good to see Tyler Breeze back on the NXT brand there Dan yeah absolutely I mean yeah he's, he's, he's had um yeah nothing more than that kind of comedy relief on Monday and Tuesdays and it, yeah. it's good to see the uh, WWE actually kind of sending a few of the guys kind of both ways as rather than going from XT to the main roster I think it's good to see Tyler Breeze I think Killian Dane's coming back down again as well so um yeah good to see a few fresh faces going in both directions yeah, couldn't agree anymore. Moving on to our next match, we had uh, Candice LeRae versus Rina Gonzalez. So uh, there was a clear size difference in this match with uh, Gonzalez towering over Candice LeRae. Uh, the match goes to the outside where LeRae sends Gonzalez into the ring steps. Uh, LeRae nails a pitch perfect leaping hurricane runner, a top rope drop kick, and a moonsault to put Gonzalez away for the impressive win here. Uh, LeRae was uh, given little time to celebrate before Shayna Baszler, Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke uh, came out to attack Candice. Um, this prompts Io Shirai to come out to fend off the heel trio with some wicked kendo stick shots, sending Shayna and Co. packing. So they she really laid it in with the kendo stick shots there. And uh, I think there wasn't much left of that uh, kendo stick by the time she finished sending the uh, heel trio away. But so what did you think of the match and what did you think of this segment? Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the end segment with the kendo sticks. Um, she was going at it like a, like an early 2000s Steve Blackman there. She was uh, oh, leaving yeah. no prisoners. Um, and uh, no doubt someone's going to have to make a trip to B&Q this week to get some more kendo sticks. Because <laughs> that, that kendo stick has got nothing left in it. 
Um, definitely took a beating. Yeah. Interesting presentation of uh, of Reina Gonzalez from there, who, who is someone who is a, a legitimate monster, um, yeah. and using some of the old smoking guns costume, and probably looks like she might be one of her forgotten son sisters. Very interesting to see how she kind of develops on the brand compared to like on NXT UK, where you've got uh, where Jazzy's made her debut with a similar look, looking like she could really kind of uh, tear a few heads off. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, shades of Stan Hansen with the, the uh, ball rope and the bell there. But um, yes, uh, looks like I quite like the look of uh, Rina Gonzalez. Maybe we'll see a bit more of her in the future. But uh, then we get a couple of graphics advertising two matches for next week's NXT. Uh, the first of which will be uh, Bianca Belair versus Mia Yim in a rematch from the match a few weeks ago. And uh, Drew Gulak will be taking on Kushida. So uh, have you been keeping up with uh, Kushida and his run in NXT so far? He's had a couple of good matches. Um, I don't know if you've caught much of him when he was uh, in New Japan but uh, what's your initial take on Kushida and are you looking forward to his match with Drew Gulak next week? Yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kushida I've just kind of again I, I've been got back into wrestling through that UK indie scene I'm now kind of wavering through the world of New Japan and um, um, looking forward to this summer actually going to the, the kind of Great British Conquest or the Great British Quest which is going to be at the Copper Box. Yep. Um, so that's going to be great to see, uh, as well as seeing kind of Sabre Jr. and Osprey, see a few of these uh, Japanese stars in action. And I think the setup with Gulak's uh, pretty pretty strong. Um, we knew Gulak's a real kind of submission specialist and the bully of 205 and kind of zapping people out of the sky. So um, after Kushida's kind of nicely rolled over Ono and uh, Kona Reeves, this is going to be a, a much stiffer test for him. And I quite like that he's been ducked, duct tape over for now. Um, yeah. And we'll see him develop towards uh, TakeOver 26. Yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing uh, Kushida against Drew Gulak next week. Should be uh, an excellent match between two very capable wrestlers. Uh, but uh, moving on to our main event of NXT, we had uh, Matt Riddle and John Gargano versus the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, of course. Uh, before this match gets started, we notice that uh, Riddle has his uh, ribs taped up from the previous attack from Roddy Strong. I think that's from when he got attacked in the car park last week. Uh, Gargano is able to turn a triangle into his Gargano escape. So a really good transition there. And as you know, you're going to get a fantastic match uh, between these four individuals. Riddle avoids an attack on the outside from O'Reilly, only to be caught with a double axe handle from behind uh, by um, Bobby Fish, taking him down to the ground. Riddle soon gets ahead of steam with a charge in the corner and an exploder suplex onto Fish. Riddle then executes a trio of gut wrench suplexes on Bobby Fish before being uh, overcome with a series of double team moves from the undisputed era in the corner with O'Reilly going um, going after Riddle's injured ribs tearing at the tape there. Uh, I'm not sure about you, Dan, uh, but I wouldn't mind seeing Riddle and O'Reilly in a one-on-one match. They really showed a lot of chemistry in this match. Uh, they did have a, a few exchanges during this match, but th- these two kind of uh, two striking wrestlers, uh, more kind of reality-based wrestling, but uh, they did have a few quite decent exchanges, O'Reilly and Riddle. Uh, certainly a match I'd like to see uh, on a one-on-one basis. What do you think? Yeah, I thought it was a, yeah, it was a really well put together match, this, and um... It was quite interesting how uh, the commentary team were really kind of quite focused on Bobby Fish at the start as well. Yeah. Um, he's often kind of like the the least referred to member of the uh, of the UE, but he was getting some big pops as the sports entertainment scientist and the infamous Bobby Fish. Um, and yeah, Kyle O'Reilly, and again with Riddle, they've got similar kind of those kind of cocky, strutty walk-ons uh, and the striking styles. Both kind of look for that kind of MMA background. Um and I think there's a real strong possibility there we could see that develop. And 
it was good to see Kyle O'Reilly recently at the uh, at the Progress Super 16 and and what he can do there as a singles competitor. Um, he really brings a lot to the table. Definitely. So uh, continuing with the match, uh, there's a close near fall when Fish and O'Reilly hit there, chasing the Dragon vertical suplex and roundhouse kick combo, uh, but not quite getting the pinfall there. Uh, Riddle very nearly has the match won with a Broton and a floating Bro combo. Uh, the match goes to the outside, causing Adam Cole to come down to the ring who is uh, stopped in his tracks from a suicide dive from Johnny Gargano. Uh, Roddy Strong then appears, uh, comes into the picture attacking Riddle on the outside, setting him up for Fish and O'Reilly to hit their high-low finisher on Matt Riddle in the centre of the ring and uh, getting the pinfall from that move. All four members of the Undisputed Era beat down Johnny Gargano uh, back in the ring as the show goes off the air. And uh, wow, uh, kind of th- th- this episode was uh, um, octane-fueled. It was, it was 100 miles an hour from the beginning to the very end of this main event definitely delivered uh what a match and a, what a great angle to close this show uh, a really good episode of nxt there dan yeah this was uh this almost had like that kind of that take-home feel about it that kind of last last show before a big event um yeah. and very very strong presentation of the undisputed era having had a few weeks of ups and downs and ins and outs and lots of the backstage skits and even some kind of stuff emerging on social media um that was a great kind of setup for the undisputed era to finish show strong and uh and send them into uh, TakeOver 25 on the, on the crest of a wave, really. Yeah, definitely. And like we said earlier, the card is really shaping up well. They've now got five matches announced. They tend to go with five matches for these NXT TakeOver shows. And uh, if we stick with those five, we're definitely not going to be disappointed. That takes place in just two weeks' time. And, of course, we'll be covering the, the build-up and the show itself here on the podcast. Uh, looking at this week's NXT UK, Dan, uh, now this is a, a really big episode that we've all been waiting for ever since it was announced a few weeks ago with our main event tonight being Walter, the current uh, WWE UK champion, in, in, in his much anticipated rematch against Pete Dunne, the Bruiserweight, the former champion, and he held the belt, of course, for 685 days. So that is uh, definitely a mouth-watering match. Um, and uh, you, you obviously enjoyed the match from uh, Takeover New York down a few weeks ago over WrestleMania weekend. Uh, was you looking forward to this match as much as I was? Oh, absolutely! Like any chance you get to like see Walter, I mean, the guy is such a spectacle. From, I mean, we've we've said it many times on many podcasts, I'd imagine, but the man of that size, he can move around that ring and he really brings it to life. And, um, and the, the chops, when he's in that chopping form, wow, it's yeah. like, it, is, it is deafening. And, um, and I think yeah. we was all looking forward to seeing Pete Dunne have, have another stab and uh, try and uh, gain, some, uh, gain some level of revenge. And this was the, the great setup for uh, the second part of the instalment. Definitely, yes. Uh, and we'll be covering that very soon. The first match of the night on NXT UK was, of course, Travis Banks versus Joseph Connors. So this was another qualifying match to see who would go through to the Fatal 4-Way number one contenders match which is going to take place in a couple of weeks' time to see who will eventually go on to face either Walter or Pete Dunne or whoever is UK UK champion in two weeks' time. Uh, Nigel McGuinness and Vic Joseph even mentioned on commentary that Joseph Connors uh, hasn't lived up to expectations since joining the brand uh, over a year ago. However, Joseph Connors does get an early two counts from a double foot stomp uh, in this match um, in the corner on the Kiwi buzzsaw. Uh, Travis Banks regains control with a soccer kick to the chest of uh, Connors and a suicide dive to the outside with Banks appearing to tweak his own knee on that move. Connors gets a two count from a slingshot bulldog and a sunset powerbomb in the corner. That was a really impressive set of moves there from Joseph Connors. Uh, Banks does eventually get the pinfall victory, however, in this hard-fought match after his slice of heaven and Kiwi crusher 
And I have to give credit to Joseph Connors. I know they mentioned earlier that he's more often not been on the losing end, but he definitely showed me. Um, it showed me a lot in this match. And uh, hopefully kind of there's better things for Joseph Connors to come in the future. But uh, with Travis Banks going through or going over in this match, that does complete the lineup for the Fatal 4-Way. You've now got Travis Banks, Joe Coffey, Jordan Devlin and the bomber Dave Mastiff and they'll be fighting each other in a couple of weeks time to see who will be the new number one contender so a fairly good match to kick off uh, this week's NXT UK and that lineup for the fatal four-way Dan is looking pretty solid yeah and an, an interesting match is that, and, and again from someone who follows the kind of British indie scene um, a bit of a juxtaposition there in terms of guys who are familiar with progress who used to seeing Banks as the kind of bad guy and part of a South Pacific power trip and if you're familiar with um, the kind of British wrestling revolution, Connors is the, the kind of big hero there. Um, so a bit of a reversal of roles, but um, yeah, it was, a, it was a strong match and, and Connors seems to be that kind of plucky underdog with that uh, Midlands madman moniker following him around. And um, I really like Travis Banks on the mic afterwards. Um, it referred to his um, goings on with a uh, coffee brothers last year at the Albert hall, which, uh, which might've been forgotten by now. And, the uh, Devlin taking him out before the Blackball takeover. And and what I really liked was the uh, his reference to Dave Mastiff when he was like, yeah, I quite like Dave. He's, he's just big. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Then we see a promo from Nina Samuels, uh, further setting up a match against Tony Storm on next week's show for Tony's NXT UK Women's Championship. So that should be a pretty good match. Uh, always good to see Tony Storm in the ring. Uh, then we see highlights of Mark Andrews and Noam Dar from a couple of weeks ago with both Dar and Andrews ending the match on stretchers, uh, having uh, been injured from uh, the end of that match. But tonight we'll see um, th- their rematch. Uh, and in fact, it's the next match we're going to talk about. So Mark Andrews Bruce versus Noam Dar. So I really enjoyed this match. It was some excellent fast-paced action to start the match with Dar, um, the clear hometown favourite. Uh, plenty of close near falls in this match, including one from Dar from a beautiful pump kick to the face of his opponent. Uh, Andrews recovers, hitting a, a stun dog millionaire, followed by a senton over the top rope, causing Noam Dar to tweak his previously injured knee. Uh, Andrews and the referee check on Noam Dar, uh, with the match appearing to be over as the two shake hands, and with Andrews turning his back on Dar, only for the Scottish supernova to play play possum uh, just like Bret Hart used to be fantastic at doing and st- he struck uh, Mark Andrews from behind finishing uh, the match with his Nova roller for the one two three so uh, I don't know whether he had you fooled but uh, Noam Dar had me fooled for a few seconds there I thought the match was over I thought he tweaked his knee again uh, but he was just playing possum and uh, the, the cocky heel got the victory uh, quite a good match and a good ending to the match as well what do you think? Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting after the uh, after the first match. We'd um, we'd probably been waiting two months quite on the uh, with quite a lot of anticipation for this match. And um, yeah, interesting to see uh, Noam taking that kind of cocky kind of heel line. Um, I'm not sure if I might have saved this match myself. I might have saved it for somewhere in uh, in the more England or somewhere in the UK apart from Glasgow because I thought we had a bit of a strange reaction with obviously the hometown crowd firmly behind Dar even with those kind of heelish, devilish, mischievous antics going on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm going to talk about the match that we've uh, been holding off till last. And this is the main event of uh, NXTK for this week. And it's uh, Walter, Pete Dunne too. So the rematch. And this time uh, the roles are reversed with uh, Pete Dunne being the challenger on this occasion. And of course, we know that uh, Pete Dunne was the champion for 685 days. Walter is the new UK champion. So this match really starts to pick up as a, as a Walter connects with two massive chops to the chest of the bruiser weight um, before Walter tries a third only to find 
behind the steel ring steps. Uh, Dunn tries to do further damage to Walter's injured hand, only to find a big boot to the face for his troubles. Uh, Walter nails an almighty drop kick, sending Dunn crashing into the barriers at, at, at ringside before stretching Dunn across. He, he stretches Dunn's entire body across the ring steps. Now, we've seen him do it before over the top turnbuckle, uh, but when he did it over the ring steps there, he just added that extra element, and that really did look painful. Um, so the matches started fast and furious. Lots of uh, chops, lots of big boots, lots of drop kicks, and lots of heavy moves from Walter. Um, the match is developing really well here. Dan, what's your kind of take on uh, the first few minutes of this match? Yeah, I mean this this was a, this was a, an interesting an interesting angle for Walter and Dunn, and and we really saw that concentration on uh, on Walter being very fearful of Dunn's manipulation, especially of his knee and fingers. Um, I thought it was an interesting piece to have uh, Walter's fingers taped up, um, and as we saw, there was that early early doors uh, Walter slapping the ring post and. And you really felt that Dunn was getting the upper hand here and he was, uh, he was looking for that submission. So uh, Walter gets uh, dropped in the centre of the ring with a massive forearm from the former champion. Dunn tries to snap the fingers uh, of, of Walter, but follows up with a crucifix bomb for another two count. Dunn very nearly gets a submission win with Walter just getting to the bottom rope uh, for the rope break there. Dunn then tries a triangle with Walter on the top turnbuckle. However, Walter goes for a repeat of what happened in New York with a super power bomb, only for Dunn to reverse it into a hurricane runner uh, with Dunn showing uh, that, that he's done his homework from their last match, of course. Dunn hits the bitter end before snapping away at the champion's fingers. Then we see Fabian Eichner uh, come out uh, to put Walter's foot on the bottom rope to prevent Walter from tapping out. Marcel Bartel gets involved and sneaks in uh, on the opposite side of the ring to nail Pete Dunn with the championship belt, allowing Walter to hoist Dunn up with the power bomb for the pinfall victory and retain his championship. So a bit of outside interference there, a pinfall victory and a retain for Walter. And it looks like we've got a new faction on our hands with uh, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel um, aligning themselves with with Walter and uh, a really really good match what did you think of this match what did you think of the ending Dan yeah again absolutely love this we, we're on the we're on the fast track here for a we can see it coming can't we the colossal six-man match Walter and his ring camp buddies Aitner and Bartel um gonna be rounding up the troops mustache mountain will be wheeling into town and, and at some point, we are going to get an hellacious uh, six-man tag. Hopefully, they'll hold it back till uh, NXT's download, and we can see yeah. all six of these guys just ripping it across the fields of Derbyshire. The show goes off the air with Eichner, Bartel and Walter standing tall in the middle of the ring and it uh, looks like a, a new faction has been formed. So uh, a really good hour of NXT. Like I say, we had a, an excellent match uh, involving um, Travis Banks earlier on and uh, yep, some really good action, a fantastic main event and that caps off another really good week of NXT UK. So Dan, shall we talk a little bit about uh, AEW and uh, Double or Nothing? Uh, oh. I know you've been doing your homework and a bit of research on some of the matches, but... Uh, Let's go I'm through some of these matches. This, 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 is, this is my weekend. This is Saturday night warming up already. Definitely. I'm already in that zone. I'm, I'm there at midnight on ITV4 ready, ready for this. <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, of course, the first hour is being covered live on ITV4, and it's got a, a couple of pre-show matches, the first of which is Kip Sabian versus uh, Sammy Guevara. Uh, I don't know if I've pronounced that correctly, but uh, uh, he's wrestled all over America for a variety of indie wrestling companies, including CZW. PWG Evolve, MLW, AAA, um, and was the uh, AAA World Cruiserweight Champion. Uh, so 
So um, he, he also had an enhancement match in the WWE in 2015. So Sammy Guevara um, is definitely well travelled up against a fairly familiar name on the UK indie scene, Kip Sabian. Um, so uh, what have you got down about uh, these two individuals? And how do you think this match might play out, Dan? Yeah. So in, I mean, we know this is this is this is going to be a big kind of this is the match to sell the pay per view. Um, we've not really had this dynamic since the network started in having that when we used to have the old Sunday night heats and they were really using that hour to push those pay-per-view sales. Um, So I reckon this is going to come, again, it's going to come unglued. We know Kip Sabian can fly, familiar with his work in IPW and BWR and Sammy Guevara, I've not not really seen a lot. That's probably the most I've heard is from yourself there, John, as I'm kind of setting that scene. So, but no doubt these guys are going out and this is a match which is going to kind of tear that house down to make you want to, dip in your pocket and uh, ring ITV box office. Definitely, definitely. And the second match uh, as part of the pre-show is the Casino Battle Royale. So uh, there's going to be 21 men uh, involved in this battle royale now. Only 17 have been announced so far. I'll run through some of the names. You've got uh, Sonny Kiss, uh, Brandon Cutler, Ace Romeo, uh, Romero, Glacier, Brian Pillman Jr., Sonny Days, uh, MJF, Joey Janela, Dustin Thomas, Billy Gunn, Jimmy Havoc, uh, Jungle Boy, uh, and many others, including uh, Sean Spears, the former Ty Dillinger from NXT and WWE, of course. And uh, four spaces uh, yet to be filled. Uh, now, uh, there's obviously a lot of rumours about who these uh, spaces, these spare slots might uh, go to. Um, there's a few rumours going around online, Dan, that uh, John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose, uh, might be eligible to enter into this battle royal, or possibly Adam Page, who no longer has uh, his match against Pac at Double or Nothing. Uh, any, any kind of thoughts on this battle royal or who might fill the Romanian slots? Yeah, I mean, this is, again, this is, this is a really juicy battle royal, and I love the new format and the new twist. Um, having the kind of wrestlers draw cards and entering groups of five before we uh, before the Joker's revealed, and and I think we can look forward to the Joker being a being a big surprise, and uh, and whether that's uh, the the Dean Ambrose in his um, alter ego and kind of coming back in that John Moxley format, or uh, obviously Adam Page is at a loose end after that pretty epic match at um, in Nottingham last Saturday. Yeah, um, I'm sure everyone will have a, have a few ideas, and um, oh, I, oh, I really don't know who it could uh, Uvo's mystery four could be. Um, there's so many people kind of floating around, and are they going to have that Lex Luger moment? Is there going to be someone who we just <laughs> think is WWE through and through who's going to just kind of walk out with that Joker in their hand at the 12 yeah. minute mark? Well, originally uh, Adam Page was going to be fighting Pack for the. Uh, to be the first ever AEW world champion. Now, that match, of course, is not happening, so it appears that they're not actually having a championship match at double or nothing. But the winner of this battle royal will be put into a number one contenders match um, against the winner of Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. That will be a number one contenders match. You kind of have to feel that uh, the winner from this battle royal needs to be a big name. It needs to be kind of a marquee name. Looking at the uh, the 17 that are already listed, there's nobody that really jumps out, possibly Sean Spears. Um, but uh, so, yeah, maybe one of those uh, remaining four slots could be a big name and they could be the one that ends up taking it to go up against either Jericho or Omega. So uh, that's going to be definitely Definitely uh, a match to watch on the pre-show. Then we get into the um, the main card. Now, uh, 
the, the women's match that we got a three-way Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose versus Kylie Ray. Um, so uh, not too familiar with uh, Nyla Rose or Kylie Ray. Um, Britt Baker we're a bit more familiar with, and of course she's the better half of uh, of Adam Cole. Of course, uh, Britt Baker is, is, is a well-travelled, well-seasoned uh, indie wrestler, and of course she was a part of the Triple Threat match at All In last September. Uh, but what, what can you tell me about the individuals in this match, and uh, how do you? think it's going to pan out yeah i think uh yeah interesting uh interesting work from double or nothing here in the aew and they're really trying to put uh, women's wrestling back on the map um and i think they've really set the stall out to kind of get women's wrestling and and tag team wrestling really back in the main event picture um this is essentially really an exhibition match so we might be able to read too much into the result but um i would expect mrs adam cole to come over very strongly and um and on the kind of send home YouTube uh, being the elite this week, it was the ladies here all featured in the uh, initial kind of videos, um, which were featured to kind of build up. Yes, yes. So it should, should be a good match. Um, interesting to see more from Nyla Rose and uh, Kylie Ray. No doubt after this match, there'll be uh, big stars and uh, they'll be uh, t- talked about um, the following day. The next match I want to talk about is uh, SoCal Uncensored. So that's Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky versus the Strong Hearts. Uh, so this is a team comprised of uh, talent from OWE, Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, so over in China. And I know that that's uh, kind of becoming... Um, you know, a, a bigger promotion. Of course, it's being promoted through nothing else on .TV. And uh, they do have an association with uh, AEW, of course. Um, but uh, what I do know about the talent from OWE and the Strong Hearts is it's, it's kind of very athletic. Um, it, it, it's kind of different to any sort of wrestling style that you've seen before. And um, yeah, uh, SoCal and Censored, we're familiar with those from uh, from Ring of Honor. And uh, this should be quite an entertaining match. Uh, what should you put a take on this match and the six individuals involved? And uh, what, what sort of match do you think we're going to see on Saturday night from these individuals? Yeah, I think we're going to see a real kind of uh, high-flying, high-octane, lots of pace and, uh, and action here, Jonas. Um, we've got that kind of Ring of Honor, TNA kind of feel of the guys we are more familiar with, the Kazarians and the Daniels are kind of staples of our X-Division style. Um, and then, yeah, we're really going into the unknown with, um, I guess, apart from seeing what we may have seen before, um, certainly the other wrestlers on OWE are going to be a real um, real eye-opener. And this, that's what really makes this card so exciting is there's there's a number of wrestlers we're really looking forward to and so familiar with. But lots of these guys, it's going to be a first-time view and uh, we're going to be diving into Wikipedias and YouTube channels, digging out some videos here. Absolutely. I think that's what uh, you and I did before this uh, chat this afternoon, Dan. We were certainly uh, checking YouTube and trying to uh, figure out who these individuals are. But uh, that's great because it kind of adds to the buzz, adds to the anticipation, makes you look forward to seeing these uh, characters even more when it comes to Saturday night. And another match involving individuals that we're probably not too familiar with, it's the six-woman tag match and uh, uh, involves uh, Aja Kong. Now, Aja Kong's uh, been a mainstay of the women's scene, mostly in Japan now, for... God, 25 years, I have to say. I do remember seeing her in WCW and very briefly in the WWF uh, back in about 94, 95. Um, but here she's involved in a, a six-woman tag match. Um, I'm, I'm not going to try to pronounce some of these names, to be honest with you, Dan. So uh, uh, I, I hope I don't offend anybody by not, by not attempting some of these names. But uh, once again, you mentioned earlier that they're really trying to put the women's division in full prominence here. Um, and it looks like this should be a very strong match. And if Aja Kong is... Um, 
anything similar to what she was you know, uh, back in her prime 20, 25 years ago, then this is going to be a stiff, hard-hitting and very exciting match. Yeah, we've got all sorts of shapes and sizes here. And again, looking at the looking at these names, these were, again, apart from uh, Aja Kong, these are all names I'm very unfamiliar with. So again, this is going to be like uh, taking the lid and looking at something new, um, getting a chance to see some different styles. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see what these uh, six ladies can put on as a, as a showcase to back up the triple threat. Excellent. Back onto more familiar ground. I've got some wrestlers that we're going to talk about that we are a little bit more familiar with. And that's uh, Chucky T or Chuck Taylor and Trent Bretta, otherwise known as Best Friends versus um, Angelico and uh, Jack Evans. So I know that uh, Angelico and Jack Evans, they've tagged together many times before. I believe that they're about three or four time AAA tag team champions from around the 2016-2017 mark. Um, Jack Evans has been on the scene forever. I think he broke into the scene very early to thousands and i think he was trained over in uh, calgary with a lot of the uh, the Hart family there and he kind of trained with harry smith and tyson kidd and getting into that sort of calgary scene um angelico uh, originally from south africa he's, he's really making a name for himself uh, around the indie scene especially um kind of around europe i've seen him wrestle a few times um and uh, definitely an exciting prospect there uh Chucky T and Trent Bratter, uh, more familiar with, uh, I suppose, we've seen them all in Chikara and uh, uh, PWG and, of course, New Japan. Uh, but this should be uh, a, a very exciting match between four quite established wrestlers that have got a bit of name value. Um, and, uh, yeah, great to see the four of them on the big stage in AEW. Uh, what's your kind of thoughts going into this match then, Dan? Yeah, I think um, I think what we've seen so far from the AEW and the comms and the press and the social is that they are they are about getting tag team wrestling back in that main event picture. Um, and obviously, we, we're going to talk later about the Young Bucks and the Lucha uh, Brothers in, in in great detail. But um, here you've got some yeah, Angelico is is someone I'd put up there with that El Fantasmo bracket of wrestlers I've seen wrestling in progress in a few of the British Indies. And again, this guy can do things which you've you've not seen before. He's very innovative in and around the ropes, high flying. Um, and I'm expecting this to kind of really be the uh, the undercard match for that tag team main event and really kind of whet the appetite for that. Yeah, I really can't wait to see what uh, Angelico and uh, Jack Evans have to offer. I know that individually they're two awesome, high-flying, uh, amazing aerial artists. Um, so uh, it'd be great to see what they can do uh, on Saturday night. Uh, you spoke a second ago about the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. Uh, we're going to talk about that next match. Next, of course, uh, Matt and Nick Jackson. They've been uh, one of the spearheads behind um, the whole AEW revolution and double or nothing, of course, uh, against uh, quite possibly, you know, the best tag team or one of the best tag teams in the world at the moment, the Lucha Brothers, uh, Penta El Zero uh, versus Phoenix. And um, this is for the AAA World Tag Team Championship. And of course, the Young Bucks are currently the champions. Uh, they managed to take the, the AAA World Tag Team Championships off of the Lucha Brothers uh, not too long ago on a AAA card. Um, but uh, this, for me, is definitely one of the standout matches, Dan. Um, I can't wait to see this one. You said earlier that they're really pushing tag team wrestling. I think this is going to be uh, uh, definitely up there with one of the matches of the night. Yeah, this this is has such a good setup as well. Um, for any any of the guys listening in, I would like, absolutely implore you to watch the um, ITV kind of forty five minute warm up for uh, AEW. Um, and the way this match has been set up with the Lucha Brothers attacking the uh, Young Bucks, and then the Young Bucks rocking up in their own backyard and picking their pockets for those AAA titles, 
this is a this is a belter. I mean, this is going to be a real good real good showcase. You've got the young bucks who've obviously gone massive in Japan and got such a good following in the US, despite not kind of wrestling for one of the bigger US promotions. Um, the Lucha Brothers we've seen it all in. This is this this for me could be a main event standard match. Yeah, most definitely. That's uh, definitely going to be up there for for match of the night. Um, right, one of the matches of the night, I'm sure, will be Cody versus his brother Dustin Rhodes. So um, we we saw these two go at it in, in a kind of a minor pay per view match about four years ago on WWE. Um, they, I think that the fans back then always uh, hoped for a WrestleMania match between these two back in the day. That never happened, uh, but this match will definitely be happening on Saturday night. You've got Cody versus Dustin, brother versus brother. Um, there was a, an awesome promo from Cody a few weeks back on uh, being the elite um, and kind of the, the lead up to Double or Nothing, uh, where he kind of gave a promo about his relationship with his brother um, and how he's uh, looking to, uh, to, to bring this match to Dustin on Saturday night um, but uh, this is definitely another a mouth-watering match between two very very capable wrestlers uh, that know each other exceptionally well and I think this could be a, a, a very uh, heated match on Saturday night but uh, where's your mind at with uh, these two individuals in this match um, just two days removed from the big show itself yeah this is uh, you can forget Stardust versus Goldust this is uh, oh, yeah. this is going to be the main this is going to be the proper ticket uh, it's that generation versus generation. It's the natural versus the nightmare. Um, and I think it's had the great setup with Cody's been kind of calling it the uh, the chance to kind of put the Attitude Era to bed. Um, and he's kind of been coming out of these quotes of, I can just reel you off five matches from the last week, which were better than any matches of the Attitude Era. Um, and then Dustin's been giving all the talk of how his brother's so egotistical and then you've got that. Oh, there's so many dynamics going in. We we have been waiting a long, long time for this, and finally we're going to get some uh, some final answers and a and a, re- a resolution to this um, brotherhood rivalry. Definitely. And uh, finally, we're going to talk about what I'm sure will be the main event of the evening. Um, no titles on the line, but definitely a heated rivalry. We have seen these two go up, go up against one another uh, at Wrestle Kingdom from a couple of years ago, and it's, of course, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. So um, I don't know where you stand on on uh, Chris Jericho, whether he's uh, seen better days, whether he's beyond his prime, but I think that he's one of these wrestlers that's been able to evolve and uh, change his character over the years. Um, and uh, I, I think he's kind of reinvented himself to the point where he feels fresh again. And I think his match against Kenny Omega on Saturday night is going to, yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely going to be worth staying up for. Um, everybody loves Kenny Omega. Um, I think he has to be pretty much up there with being the, the, the best wrestler in the world at the moment. Um, but uh, how hyped are you for this match? What are your thoughts going into it? Uh, what are your thoughts on these two wrestlers, Dan? Yeah, there'll be no danger of me falling asleep here, John, as I will be eyes wide here watching this one. Um, this is yeah, great setup again. A bit like Dunwalter too early we spoke about. This is this is Omega Jericho too. We had the epic at Wrestle Kingdom, and uh, although Jericho might have come out looking like he was having a midlife crisis with that get-up gear, um, he's certainly got all the pieces back together here. Um, the promo video where he's training in Dave Batista's gym, that's got some real kind of heat on it. Uh, they're both looking in great shape. Um, Jericho has got a new finisher he's going to unleash. So we can look forward to seeing the Judas effect of his uh, of his new spinning elbow. Um, and unlike some of his kind of peers and a similar age group, like the Triple H's of the world, I think Jericho's a man who keeps freshening his act. 
Uh, he's got a new opponent here. He's in the main event. Um, he's definitely going to bring it. And uh, Omega's a um, big chance for him to kind of get that big splash in America. I mean, such a massive star in Japan. Um, this is his big chance to become a household name. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that kind of covers off our, our uh, preview of Double or Nothing. And uh, I, th- I think anybody that's not um, ordered the pay-per-view, um, whether it be on uh, Fight.tv or through ITV box office, definitely go out and do it. And if, if you're unfamiliar with some of the wrestlers um, or you're unfamiliar with, um, you, you know, many of the names that's going to be taking part in Double or Nothing, don't let that put you off. Um, because I think that if you watch it, you'll appreciate what they have to offer. And I think you'll, uh, you'll come away, um, you know, enjoying the show and being more knowledgeable for those wrestlers. And it can enjoy the, the next big promotion that's going to uh, give you that alternative. And um, yeah, if you're, if you've fallen out of love uh, with the WWE over recent years, then maybe AEW is for you. And maybe AEW is your alternative wrestling promotion. So give it a chance. Even if you're not familiar with some of the names that are going to be taking place, you'll be uh, kind of uh, talking about them over the water cooler. Uh, on Monday morning um, and uh, I'm sure that you'll love it just as much as me and Dan will so uh, Dan that's the end of this episode buddy I just want to thank you so much for coming on board Um, I would love to get you on again for a future episode Um, but uh, in case any of the listeners want to kind of reach out to you want to kind of get in touch with you on social media have you got any uh, Twitter pages any Instagram any Facebook uh, where can the listeners uh, get in touch with you if they wish to yeah absolutely I'd love to love to hear from some listeners so um Obviously, Facebook. I'm in the I'm in the Jonas uh, Wrestling Podcast group, so you can easily find me in there. Um, my Twitter handle is at dg three double eight zero three one seven nine, and my Instagram is dead easy. That is cheeky dan one eight two. Superb. There we go. So if you want to uh, friends Dan on any of them social media channels, I'm sure you're more than happy uh, to interact with you. But in the meantime, that's the end of this episode. So I'll be back later on this week. We will be reviewing Double or Nothing, and that will be dropping hopefully uh, Sunday evening, uh, the day after the big show itself. So if you are going to be watching Double or Nothing, uh, enjoy the show. Uh, But in the meantime, from myself and from Dan, thank you very much. Take care and speak to you all soon.